Jesus as the center. Second Corinthians 8 and verse 21. Providing for things honest. Not only in the sight of the Lord, but also in the sight of men. Some of us say, God sees me. Let men see you. Some folks say something like, in here with a vernacular, Tiogani Olorion, Jekyo Moino, in your no Leo Proverbs 14 and verse 19 let us therefore follow after the things which make for peace and things wherewith one may edify another Romans 14 and verse 1 him that is weak in the faith receive he but not with doubtful disputations Romans 15 and verse 1 with them that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves let every one of us please his labor for his good to edification. Second Corinthians 8 and verse 21 providing for honest things or things honest in the sight of the Lord but also in the sight of men. I welcome you to church. I've been preaching Christ as a very center. What else can I say? is the core of the Bible. I closed at John's Gospel chapter number 5 Such the scriptures for in them ye think ye have eternal life and they are they who testify of me 
Heavenly Father, you are God and there is none like you. It was while we were yet unlovable, loveless, and unwilling to be loved. He demonstrated the greatest love by setting Christ to die and pay by his blood. So that by faith in this, we have been given the gift of eternal life. If by one man death reigned upon all, much more, they would receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness, shall reign as kings above the law, above condemnation of the law on this earth. Romans 5 and verse 17. I give you glory and honor and praise, Father. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Shame boldly. It's so amazing that several folks want to be here are not here to hear exactly the central theme. Along the line when I was preaching the wisdom of God or rather when I started preaching this message with the broad theme understanding the wisdom of God the minor theme the minor theme blessed of God and then the wisdom of God in a summary. I said, the Old Testament has become irrelevant. And sometimes in church, some well-meaning, seemingly well-meaning members of the church claim to love me will say pastor just don't add this thing about the old testament as being irrelevant or being done away with because you will lose your audience i've not only lost my audience i've lost people many people don't believe me anymore many people feel that i'm just being an extremist. People have called me all sorts of slightful, despiteful, evil, malicious, and miscomported names just because they feel my emphasis on the Old Testament being done away with is extreme, is unnecessary, is just some juvenile thing or some personality cult type of indoctrination. I want to be noticed. As though I want to be noticed, I want to be famous, I want to be known, I want to be notorious. I want to be novel in sounding that the Old Testament is done away with. I'm sorry, I, I offer no apologies. It does not make a difference because I speak the truth in Christ Jesus. I lie not in the Holy Ghost. My conscience bears me witness that I have no Semitic, anti-Semitic, 
whatever theological thing you call it, for or against Israel. Rather, I preach the truth of Christ as seen in the Bible. Imagine I've said this. You don't claim to know the Bible because you read it a number of times. You can only claim to know the Bible if you know the message. You have not really known the message until you know him who is the message. The Bible is the message whose name is Jesus Christ, the Son of God, coming to the world to die and pay by his blood. So those who have faith in his death and resurrection will be given the free gift of eternal life by God who justifies the ungodly through Christ Jesus. God justifies the ungodly in Christ in that he has died and paid by his blood. sinned and come short of the glory of God all have sinned and come short of the glory of God Romans 3 and verse 23 Romans 3 and verse 10 as it is written there is none righteous oh no not one Ecclesiastes 7 and verse 20 there is none that doeth good, there is none that sinneth not. For all have sinned. However, in Christ we find Romans 3 and verse 23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, then we find being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. died a sacrificial death as a God man a man specially fitted by God to be offered upon the altar of justice so that God will be free the justifier of the ungodly who has faith in Christ Death passed upon all men. All men today have the nature of sin for being born into depravity through the lineage of Adam. Even those who have not sinned. Romans chapter 5, you read verse 11 to 14. Jesus paid the penalty. He took the hammer blows, wages of sin. The stroke of death. Him who knew no sin was made an offering for sin on our behalf. Second Corinthians 5 and verse 21. First Peter 2 and verse 24. His own self bear our sins on his body to the tree. This speaks of his death. Cursed Galatians 3 and verse 13 upon the every man that hanged upon the trees. Tree. That the blessedness 
of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles that we may receive the promise of the Spirit of faith. Hey! Thank you, Jesus. That the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Jesus rose again. Anyone who has faith in his death and resurrection freely receives eternal life from Christ that Christ has the right to give because he had been made an offering for their sin. Asked by one man, death came into the world, by one other man cometh resurrection from the dead. 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 22. And I said, this Jesus is central to the Bible. You cannot hold the message called Christ without discarding the Old Testament. It does not work together. So on Sunday I said to you, John 5 and verse 39, such the scriptures. In the scriptures you think you have eternal life. But he said this. That they will testify of me. The centrality, the central theme, the cardinality, the cardinal picture, the main frame, the peace and the heart, the total theme. his truth look at the Bible if you don't agree with what the Bible says about the Old Testament if you don't agree with the centrality of Christ as the major character the main character the only chapter faculty and chapter of the Bible you keep missing it of God you need to hear Jesus himself what I'm sharing with you is so serious and so vital it's so important yet most pastors do not know they don't teach it most Christians don't believe it they don't know they are uncouth and untutored they don't know Jesus is the central. Jesus is the only message. He's the pit. He's the hub. He's the centerpiece. The Bible is Christocentric. You have not read the Bible till you have read Christ. You have not had the message till you have had Christ. You have not understood the Bible until you understand scripture in Christ you have not preached till you preach Christ Christ alone is our message the entirety the sub portal the colossal sub portal is Jesus Christ the son 
of the living God. And I've been teaching that Jesus Christ to those who believe. First Corinthians 10 and verse 24. Jesus is the wisdom of God. Jesus is the power of God. It's amazing. It's amazing. First Peter chapter number 1 and verse 25. But the word of the Lord endured forever. And this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. It is true. The Bible contains the gospel. It is also true. The gospel preaches the Bible. It is true. The story of Christ is seen in the Bible. It is also true that the story of Christ defines the Bible. You have not found it until you find him. You have not got it until you get him. You have not seen it until you see him. You have not believed it till you have believed him. You have not come in contact with the message of the Bible until you have met Jesus Christ, the Son of Glory. Very powerful. At John chapter number 10, we learn this very important one. Jesus is talking. And verse 8, all that before me are thieves and robbers. You see, let, let me tell you this truth and it's important. It is impossible to hold the Old Testament and the New Testament as both true. It is, it is hypocrisy. It is erroneous. It is treachery. It is wrong. It is invalid. You cannot. You can you can have both testaments operatable. It is not possible. And this is the point. So this is not it's not about my own conclusions, my juvenility. Uh, is because uh, somebody said it's because you don't know the Old Testament. I said what rubbish. What, what what kind of illogical conclusion are you saying? I don't know the Old Testament. Meaning what? What is in the Old Testament? I don't know. The same way I have read the New Testament many times. I have read the Old Testament many times. I've read the Bible over and over again. I have never had a prejudice in Bible reading. I've always read together. And it's in my reading I have discovered it is wrong and very erroneous to hold both Testaments as valid at the same time. Especially because the Bible clearly outlaws the Old Testament today. It is just like saying up to now, Israel is of God. No, it has to be in Christ. You can't say Israel is of God outside of Christ. That you are Bartholomew, you've been born in Jerusalem, does not mean you're a Christian or a believer. It says, we all are children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. Galatians 3 and verse 26, verse 27 says, 27 says, as many of you have been baptized in Christ, have put on Christ. He says, in Christ there is no city, there is no barbarian, there is no bond, there is no free, there is no Jew, there is no Gentile, for ye all are one in Christ. Galatians 5 and verse 6, for in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision, no circumcision availed anything but faith that worked by law. Oh, I love 
scripture, very powerful scripture. Some folks have misunderstood this verse. What does this verse say? Some have said, faith is operatable only by love. No, this is not the idea of the scripture. A number of Bible verses misses this. They miss it. They don't know what it means. The context of this verse, you read from verse 1 and even all the, the, the entire book of Galatians is simple. For in Christ Jesus, it's not whether you are a Jew or you are a Greek, Jew or Gentile that matters. It is through faith operated by God's love for humanity. This is what this place is saying. So talking about your own faith to get bread walking in love. Someone says, if you don't walk in love, you cannot pay it. Rubbish. This is not what the Spirit is saying. Faith here is the faith of Christ. It is not the faith of being able to buy a car or buy a jet with church money. What faith will you need? You thief. Buy a jet with church money. You don't need faith for that. All you need to do is just stand, stand over the usher's neck and break it and take the money go buy a jet and say, they gave it to me. You don't need some kind of faith to buy a new house. All you need to do is just tell them I need a new house and they will give you from their stolen goods, their looted uh, monies from Nigerians' coffers. <laughs> In Christ, whether you are Jew or Gentile is invalid. He came unto him. He, he, he was in the world. The world was made by him. The world knew him not. He came unto his own. His own received him not. To as many as received him, he gave the right to become the sons of God. Even to them that believe on his name. Which were not born of the will of flesh, blood of the will of man. And the word became flesh. And it dwelt amongst us. And we beheld his glory. As of the only begotten son of the father, full of grace and truth. gentlemen it's it's impossible to be right to be factual to be scriptural to be godly to be divine to be motivated by the spirit of god and hold both testaments as right so it's it's, it's it is it's, 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 it's wrong it's hypocrisy someone said to me some years ago someone said sir sir that the old testament is done away with is a minus for the bible i said what does this mean the bible is a history of the past the bible is a story of things that happened except you are saying we should be deceivers and therefore refuse to allow the bible say what it is saying outside deceit Outside treacherous manipulation or underhand, outside erroneous teachings, ladies and gentlemen, the Old Testament is done away with. If you don't agree with this or believe it, it means you don't believe the Bible. Jesus is talking. John 10 is the place.
verse 56 your father hey, hey. Your, what did he say our father hey, my father you know my he said your father your father your father when the Yorubas sometimes when when some old men <laughs> call you and tell you stories you get scared but you're like God you're in great reverence he said your father Babayi Babalayi What a, what a weight. Ah, hey, I still not enough. John 8 and verse 24. Ye are of your father, the devil. I, I looked at it. This is not coming from my unseriousness, my confusion, or my desire to build a separate group of people that preach nonsense. I looked at the Bible. The Bible can never correlate unless we allow the old testament as invalid as bible puts it it can never correlate it can never complement the ideology of uh, don't worry don't claim it's done away let it let work together is a lie to put the old testament and the new testament as workable now is to be a deceiver is to be anti-Christ. You'll be, you'll be acting against Jesus. To say, well, I can still manage with the book of Psalms and read into water and take some things in Proverbs and use this as cardinal covenant relationship scriptures to God is to err completely. You are erring. James 1 and verse 16, do not err, my beloved brethren. Matthew 21 and verse 29, you do err. Ah, not only the scriptures, neither the power of God. You don't know what the scriptures say. You don't know what God can do. You are acting the way you are acting because you don't know what the Bible says, number one. You are acting the way you are acting because you don't know that God is not a man. God is superhuman. The scripture has a dimension of wisdom. You must agree with God. The inspirator of the scriptures. The one who sent Christ to die. Is ultimately the only potentate. And so we can never underestimate his power. Or look up him and say he can do it. There is nothing God cannot do. His omnipotence. His his great glory. First Timothy 1 and verse 17. Now unto the king eternal, invisible, immortal, the only wise God. Romans 16 27. He said to God, only wise. First Timothy 6 and verse 17. He says he's the only potentate. He's the only potentate, the king of kings and the lords of lords, whom alone have immortality dwelling in a light which no man can approach unto whom no man had seen nor can see no man 
10, John 6, 46, 1 John 4, 9, 1 John 4, 12, had seen God at any time. John 1, 18, no man had seen God at any time. John 3, 13, no man had ascended into heaven before. We're talking about the wisdom of God and the mighty power of the same God. Jesus is addressing them. He said, look at you, look at you. You are of your father, the devil. <laughs> you must understand. For example, for example, you cannot interpret the parables of Jesus without an ideology of the New Testament and the fact that the Old Testament is done away with. You cannot interpret and understand the parables of Jesus without knowing the Old Testament is now invalid. You can't. You're going to get yourself into gross frustration. The pastor called me sometime from South Africa. Sometime before the... I mean, sometime in March, he called me and said, Sir, I need to talk to you. He passed of a full-fledged church. He said, Sir, I'm confused. I'm very confused. I said, Yes, and I know why. I didn't let him finish because he was an Old Testament preacher. And each time he would write a comment or write a post on Facebook or send me a message, I would tell him, I would say, You are trying to confuse yourself. Because these two testaments are not operatable under the same platform. If you don't believe the Old Testament is done away with, then you don't believe in the New Testament. This is what it means. Up in issue, right from the initial. Your approach to the Bible, but you understand it must be. The Old Testament is now invalid, is done away with Romans 15 and verse 4 for whatsoever things were written aforetime, were written for our learning. That we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Second Corinthians 1 and verse 20 for all the promises of God in him are yes, in him are made to the glory of God by us. Romans 15 and verse 8 for Jesus Christ was a means that the circumcision for the truth of God to confirm unto us the promises made unto our fathers. Acts 13 from verse 32 and we declare to you glad tidings how that the promise God made to the fathers he had fulfilled the same to us their children in that he raised Christ Jesus again from the dead. If you don't believe that the Old Testament is done away with, then you can never believe the New Testament. Can I tell you again? It is faith in the New Testament that makes you see the Old Testament is invalid. The moment you still hold on to the Old Testament as valid, my brother, my sister, I can never ever be convinced you believe in the New Testament. I can never be convinced. Can never be convinced and I'll give you a quick example I'll give you a quick example somehow when you are given 
new card for your cash transactions on the automatic teller machine what we call ATM I mean automatic teller machine ATM it's an abbreviation sometimes you lost it sometimes it's invalid sometimes it's outdated then they tell you insert the new card but the way the program runs it is said that once you insert the new card even if you use the same password that you used to use with your card that the old card becomes invalid this is the way it's been programmed i'm sure they could program it some other way but the way it's been programmed these days is the moment you insert the new card and you put your password whether it's the old or the new password the first card is invalid so they tell you if you have a card that is outdated and has stopped working or somebody has stolen your card it doesn't they just they just give it up if, if they find your card in a bank they will destroy it they'll give you a new card they say the old card possibly has been compromised you may say it doesn't matter they say don't worry just forget about it. it's a new card in any case the way the program runs is that the old card has become invalid ladies and gentlemen imagine that in your bank you are given a new card and you have your password on it imagine going back all of the time to use the old card what this simply means is apart from the fact that you always have an invalid transaction on a good day it also is you don't believe in the new card it's you don't believe in the new card for example you have a graduate degree you have a first degree in mathematics and you use your ssc certificate to try to get a job and then they say that look we don't need an ssc certificate holder here we want a degree holder then you have a degree yet you don't present it it means you don't believe in it this is what it means fundamental issues of conviction you don't agree with the new testament if you ever did agree with the new testament you will know the old testament is invalid ladies and gentlemen agree that both testaments are relevant or valid just shows that you actually believe the old testament as superior to the new testament and you don't believe the bible because the message of the bible is that the old testament is invalid and it's a dangerous position this position is so dangerous that i'm not even sure you are saved someone says being saved is good but knowing christ is better i say what is the nonsense about what is the difference between being saved and knowing christ and the primary thing is to be saved know him you are known of him which is the vital point the vital point is not knowing him the vital point is that you are known of none of him second coin second peter 3 and verse 18 but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our lord and savior jesus christ once at bible study we are in church then we go to the scripture and i said second peter 
Peter 3.18 But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is tantamount to the same thing that we will see what God's word is saying is but growing grace even in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ because a growth in the grace of Christ is the same as a growth in the knowledge of Christ instantly before thinking twice members of the church raise their hands for objections I just waited a while to be sure that they were really raising their hands and that I was not seeing double because I've been teaching them for years so I stopped and I paused I said okay what are you saying are you saying there's a difference or they all chorused yes as a chorused yes there's a difference between the grace of Christ and the knowledge of Christ I said okay uh, we don't have to argue this let those who know the difference keep their hands up I was shocked that of like 15 people only two hands were left this simply means 13 members of the church will say there's a difference but they don't know it <laughs> so funny you call it confrontational you say you want to disgrace them this is how you do your sins you're always wild you don't care you hurt their feelings you scare them you rubbish them you bully them in church you push them to acquiescence you push them to submission and subjugation i don't i just feel it makes sense if you are making a claim to be able to assert it confidently I, there were 15 about 15 about 15 who said there's a difference between the grace of Christ and the knowledge of Christ I said if you know the difference raise your hand 13 people dropped their hands because they had been in the bandwagon two others I said okay I stepped I moved further Fifteen raised their hands to say there's a difference between growing in grace and growing in the knowledge of Christ. I said, beautiful. Beautiful. If you know the difference, keep your hands up. Thirteen people did not know the difference, so they dropped their hands below their heads. I said, okay, we have two left. On these two, let one person tell us the difference. And I walked towards them to give them the microphone. One other person dropped his hand. Only one man was left by the name of Brother Adiyika Awobuti. He stood there boldly, confidently. I, I like his, his, his boldness. But then I discovered that his boldness had some pockets of holes because he looked around to be sure he was not the only one. Then he was said. Then we said he was the only one. He just stayed back and glibly I gave him the mic. Glibly he took it and glibly began to talk. And then he said, well, actually, you see, there's a difference. How can we just say there's no difference? Then we just said it like that. There must be a difference. You see, there's a difference between the grace of God 
and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is Second Peter chapter 3 and verse 18 we don't have said but growing grace and in the knowledge of our lord jesus christ if there was no difference there's there's a difference you see they 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 there is a difference and um, we all waited then he said there's no difference get back the mic and sat down ashamed <laughs> you quote <laughs> said for example from hebrews chapter number five verses 11 to 14 that there's no difference between meats and bone strong meat rather sorry meat and milk no difference that it was only describing strong meat and milk in human attitude and age he speaks of human age and he's using this metaphorically to describe an attitude we should put up for being matured in christ and does not say in actual sense that a part of the world is milk and one part is strong meat or bone like some people say some people say milk meat strong meat bones and metals and i'm like bones and metals are not edible so keep it at milk meat strong meat three things or just keep it at milk and strong meat and there was this argument with me I, I, there was a group then of some people some genet leaders and they argued with me from thursday to sunday on whatsapp and right from thursday I just simply said please if there's a difference between the milk and the meats of the word tell us yeah why is he bullying us like this Rebbe is just he's calling us fools Rebbe is making a miss Rebbe is, he likes to insult people I, I said I'm sorry Please forgive the use of my bad words. My unlettered English language. I'm sorry. I've been very rude. I'm so sorry. I'm too bad. I only said, just give us the difference between the milk and the meat of the world. That's all. No, I don't think we can say it here. I said, what you cannot say it here, keep your mouth shut forever. Stop lying to people. See, look at what I'm saying. See, Reverend, now he's insulting me. Now, wait, I said, I'm sorry I'm insulting you. But you are talking as though you are, you, 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 you are just, you are trying to be smart. You are a hypocrite. I, I said, no, no, no. Can you see what you are doing? You cannot, you cannot say the difference. You can never say the difference, but you won't agree there's no difference. Then you are a liar. I said, Rabbi, you see, I said, I'm not insulting you, but you are really missing the point and you are trying to mislead God's people. If there's a difference between the grace of Christ and the knowledge of Christ, tell me. Simple. In that context, if there's a difference between milk and strong meat, tell me. 
and then it's so cheap all you need to do is to say this scripture is milk this scripture is milk and i said look god's word can be called milk milk these are the sincere milk of the word of god that you may go thereby first peter 2 and verse 2 god's word and the things of god can be described as meats john 4 34 my meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work it's it's it depends on the context but for you to say there is a difference between the milk and the meat of the water. We had a program in this church. And some persons came from Lagos to come and preach at United Pastors Conference. And I tackled them through and through and they said, Why are you doing like this? Are we not together? I said, Sir, I don't understand this thing you mean by are we not together? I, I, don't, I, I think we are going to be hypocrites. If under the platform of we are together, we agree to lie about God's word. I don't, I don't, I, please, please, don't, don't, um, don't embarrass me to make, I mean, don't make me feel that you are an idiot. When you tell me I should agree with you to conspire against God's people, you are, you are, you are embarrassing my spirit. Can't explain it. We are together. What are you saying? The integrity of the world does not know any sacred cow. I'm sorry if I'm insulting you, but how can I conspire you with you? I, 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 I join forces with you against my God. Am I out of my mind? Am I mad? Okay, yeah, I love you. I understand. Yes, I will, will. Yes, I love you with the love of the Lord. But I can never conspire with you against God. Never. So this is where the problem comes. They say he's not. He's not willing to compromise. He's just proud. He's boastful in source. I don't care what you think about it. I think it's more important to care what the Bible says because in the long run you'll be gone and forgotten. But God's will remain forever. I think I care about this. At John 10, we find Jesus say this. Ah! That ever came. Look, your idea of, of holding the New Testament just like the old is stupid nonsense. The moment you don't let go of the Old Testament, you don't believe the New Testament. You can't believe both testament at the same time it is impossible when you find anybody who believe in the old testament as a way of relationship with god as a means of moral justice and perfection as a means of divinely attaining righteousness the person is falling from grace hey galatians 5 and verse 4 if you are justified by the laws of moses you are falling from grace what does this mean it means that if you are justified by the old testament you don't believe in grace eh? christ is become of no effect unto you this is the truth this is not me talking here and i'm sad because 99 percent of church people don't know this scripture as valid 
Many believers don't believe that the Old Testament is done. You see them arguing with their jugular and their carotid arteries flexed in absolute extremities as though it's under pressure to burst for life. They are struggling and they are gnashing, shouting top of their lungs and saying, no, 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 the Old Testament is still there, it's valid. Its validity is for us to learn. We should never live under the tenets in relationship with God because it has become invalid. I want us to see some, some of this. I want us to see Galatians 5.4 from some Bible translations aside the King James Version. I love this one. This is the New Living Translation. For if you are trying to make yourselves right with God by keeping the law, you have been cut off from Christ. You are falling away from God's grace. If you are reading Psalms into water, or you are holding some prophetic words by Isaiah, or you are looking for a ground of perfection under the Levitical priesthood, or you are trying to follow some human being like you under the guise of Moses and Aaron kind of blessing, you are falling from grace. It means that you don't believe in Christ. You can never, ever, you can never, ever, ever, ever believe the Old Testament as being real, a bona fide way of living with God in relationship and believe the New Testament at the same time. When you believe the Old, you don't believe the New. Many Christians don't believe the New Testament. Let's see some other translation of Galatians 5.4. Those of you who try to be put right with God by obeying the law have cut yourselves off from Christ. You are outside God's grace. You say, Pastor, is this the Old Testament? Yes, the Old Testament is by works. The Old Testament reveals relationship with God by works. This is the set of the Old Testament. This is the core of the Old Testament. Relationship with God outside Christ. The New Testament is relationship with God by grace or in Christ. It's so clear. Why are you trying to confuse yourself? The Old Testament is outside Christ. The New Testament is in Christ's faculty. So, the moment you hold on dearly to this, you are falling from His grace. Give me one other translation. The Bible in basic English. You are cut off from Christ. You who would have righteousness by the law, you are turned away from grace. Romans, I mean Hebrews 8 and verse 13 in that he seeth a new he hath made the first old. This is fundamental. It is so fundamental that when you don't understand Hebrews 8 13 you can never understand the Bible. When you don't understand the centrality of Christ the Christocentric picture of Jesus painted by the message can never understand the Bible. When you don't know Christ is the only character, chapter and chapter, you can never understand the Bible. And it comes, for example, from understanding the New and Old Testament. In appraisal, the old is done, the new is here. When he says a new agreement, he has made the first agreement old. In that Hebrews 8, 13, in that he saith a new, he had made the first old. 
I told you the word old is obsolete. It means useless. This really offended some of my commentators and readers when I posted this, posted this on Facebook. They got very mad at me. check it take the word old as used in the Greek see uh, are you really serious go and check one person sent to me one person quickly called me and said Revo, Revo, sorry yes I, I thank you for this but you see don't use the word useless again I said it's in the Greek see, I know I've just seen it I've just seen it I've just seen it from my own so, so resource material but what I'm thinking is that if, if, if we say if we say the Old Testament is useless. People will think we are confused. I said, sir, it's not about what people think. It's about the truth. The truth is that if we refuse to say the Old Testament is obsolete, we are liars. We are the Antichrist. Most believers are Antichrist. They have the spirit, they have the spirit against Jesus. Jesus said at John 10 and verse number 8. Before me are thieves and robbers. <laughs> John eight fifty six. Your father, Babalani, your. You will have some respect now. Actually. Uh, what, what, I, what I'm saying is that you see, with respect, respect. <laughs> I've preached in a place before, and somebody said, You don't seem to have respect for elders. I said, Who are they? I said, Who are elders? Are they angels? Are they as old as Methuselah or Mekishedek? Are they as old as Abraham? <laughs> you know one day I'm preaching in this place somebody brought her mother seven something years old, 75 years old and I said there is nothing like motherly or fatherly blessing <laughs> you went church that day I stood, you know what happened in this church because this church is full of hypocrites this church is full of hypocrites the moment I said that everybody looked at the woman they are, they are liars they would rather let us say something that will make her stay in church than tell her the truth. I'm serious. You must believe me on this. This is possibly one of my lies. Take it as one of my lies. They all look. And I guess instantly I got their message. Why are you saying this? There is an old woman in church, 75 years old. Not only this, her daughter is in church. This woman will never come to church again. No wonder this church is a poor church. No wonder you don't have money. You are insulting elders. How can you say before an old woman ah, that there is no motherly blessing? How can? Ah, you see, 
take pay is not as important as Christ's blessing. It's still the same point. The same point, there is no motherly blessing. It's the same ground, there's no curses. So if you say for preaching God's word, you are cursed, then you're just wasting your time because you can't bless me, let alone curse me. Hear what I say each time. Somebody says he will die. I said, can you raise the dead? I said, only those of us that can raise the dead can kill people. <laughs> then they shut up. Then they shut up. When we came to this church and began to preach the word of God. And I preached against prophetic lies in this town. The pastor downstairs began to preach. He began to say, I know you are from Amok. You are a Rosicrucian. I bind your spirit. How can you say prophets will this? How can you say prophets are liars? How can you prefer you will die? I give you days to die. I came on stage and I said, Can you raise the dead? Since you can't raise the dead, you cannot kill. Those for those that can raise the dead are those who can say die. And you must, if you don't die, we'll die you. Uh-huh. Okay. John 10. John 10. Are you in church? All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers. Then the question becomes you are, you, are not, you are not getting the relationship between the Old and the New Testament. Or rather, the question becomes are you getting the relationship? Because this Jesus does not seem to be trying to form any alliance. Jesus is not friendly at all. One would have thought that Jesus would just come and say, well, actually, God is the same God. And then, well, really, let us just, um, you see, you see, Christ's statements were categorically blatant, blunt, harsh, direct, face-off, and confrontational. Christ will have been slaughtery, sluggish. How can Jesus say, you are of your father the devil to the Israelites? Huh? Ah. People will think we are fighting ourselves. Oh, no, don't preach like that. Ah, never don't say that. Oh. The way you preach, you are preaching as though you are fighting somebody. I say, how? How? It is because you are sentimental. You are so sentimental. You are a hypocrite. You are a liar. You believe in lies and the truth. When I say the truth, Clearly, blaring top of my lungs, you say, I'm confrontational. And that the way you are talking, you are talking as though you hate this man of God. You, I say, Ah, why do you think the person is saying the truth when he's telling, and you know it's a lie? <laughs> you know, you, you must read the book of John, talk to John, and finish it before tomorrow. Okay, let's say you finish it on Friday. Start John tonight and finish on Friday. Is it okay? Finish John tonight. I mean, start. The book of John and finish on Friday. Then between Friday and Saturday, read First John, Second John, Third John. You love it. You love it. Please do it. Please do it. Please, please, please do it. Please do it. Hallelujah. 
naive 37. You say, what am I preaching? I'm preaching the centrality of Christ in the wisdom of God. I'm preaching Christ is the only truth of the Bible. I'm preaching the Christocentric ideology of Bible message. I'm preaching the only message is Christ's message. And I'm saying that fundamentally. If you don't agree the Old Testament is done away with, you are falling from grace. That means you don't, that means you are not born again. If you don't agree the Old Testament is invalid, you are not born again. This is what it means. It means you don't believe in grace. And they don't combine, they don't complement. Grace and works do not complement. Hey! Are you in church? And if by grace, then is it no more works? Otherwise, grace is no more grace. But if it be of works, then it is no more grace. Otherwise, work is no more work. If you don't believe the Old Testament is done away with, you don't believe in the New Testament. It is not possible to believe both a correlate of relationship with God and be right. You are very wrong. If you don't believe the New Testament is the valid testament, you are falling from grace. I doubt if many believers are born again like they came to me because they don't believe the old testament is invalid and you can't hold both at the same time are you still in church john 5 i'm going back to john 10 and i'll close very soon john 5 37 and the father himself which had sent me had borne witness of me he have neither heard his voice at any time nor seen his shape. Ah! Hmm? This is too confrontational. It's unnecessary. It takes a That's You are 51, you are almost dead, and you have nothing. What will be your gain after preaching? Nothing. I don't want any gain from anybody. Stop. The gain is eternal life. It's enough. All the money you make on this earth will not follow you. If you die tonight, you are gone, you are forgotten. So don't think of gain. Forget gain. Think Christ. Ah, Christ is our gain for me too. Live is Christ to die. Is gain. Philippians 1, you begin reading from verse 23. Jesus is too confrontational. Jesus is too. Jesus have said this. You have neither had his voice. He, he, you have neither had his voice. This is dangerous. You have neither, never had his voice. Jesus is making a mockery of the Old Testament. Jesus is making a mockery of the Old Testament. Jesus is invalidating all spiritual experiences. Jesus is cancelling every vital divine point about them. Jesus is making a rubbish of their history. 
you have never heard his voice. And the Lord said to Isaiah, in Allah. As I said, and I said, I saw the Lord. He said, You are a You didn't see anything. Come on, hey! Enoch at Genesis chapter number five walked with God. And it was not because God took him. God took Enoch away. He didn't die. Elijah was taken to heaven by chariots of fire. Moses' bones were not found, they were buried by God. Supernatural transmission from this earth into heaven. And Jesus said, No man ascended into heaven before. <laughs> Look, we're not talking about confrontation. We're talking about the truth. You are scared of confrontation. I want to uphold the truth. So we are clashing. You are very sentimental. You are afraid of confrontation. I am strong of the opinion we should hold the truth of God's word. This is where we clash. This is why we don't seem to agree in this church. Many members of this church don't believe in what I'm doing. And I'll tell you why. It's too confrontational. And I'm saying the truth must be upheld. And I have found company in the Messiah. The Lord Jesus Christ, God Almighty himself. Who came to confront people. So you have never heard his voice nor sin issue. It will have been buried deep in scourge of wound he was inflicting on their psyche. The totality of their spiritual relationship is being rubbished here. It's dangerous, very humiliating, and very, very ego crushing. He was, he was mangling their personalities, he was destroying their morale. You need to hear this one. You need to hear this one. You need to hear this one. You worship, you know not what. We know what we worship. For salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshippers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Whether it's Jewish or Gentile worship, in the last 4,000 years of prophetic relationship with God, you all have been false. Look, if you're not a hypocrite or a liar, these portions of the Bible should just mean what they say. Yes, I agree with you if it's a gash, if it comes to you and hits you hard on your mind and you're wondering, but I disagree with you if on this grounds you discard it as not true. The moment you discard this, you miss the Bible in interpretation and understanding. And this is what many of us do. 
We will never take the Bible the way it is. We must twist it because it's too hard. But it's the truth. It's the truth. You are the sentimental person who feels we should honor the Jews. He has come with the truth. The truth invalidates the Old Testament. If it's going to be the truth. The moment you uphold the Old Testament, it is no longer the truth. This is the point. The truth, can I say it again? The truth invalidates the Old Testament. The moment you uphold the Old Testament, you are living in falsehood. Most believers, most pastors, most church people are living in false indoctrination because they can't stand such a thing as all of you have been in false worship. But this is the truth. Peter had faceless. Oh, it is the truth. Call it faceless. It is still the truth because it's maintained by Christ Jesus, the Son of Glory. One Muslim guy is talking with me one time, and the man said, The man said, Take away the New Testament, let's talk. I said, what, what does this mean? He said, I know, I know if you hold the New Testament, you have fat. I said, ah, Are you, are you, are you, are you a dumb person? The New Testament is the revelation of the Bible. The moment you take it out of the Bible, it stops being the Bible. It becomes something else. Jesus is talking. False worship. John, I said, start John today, finish on Friday, then start first John, second John, third John, finish on Saturday. Okay. John 10 and verse 8. All that ever came before me, they are thieves and robbers. Jesus Christ is calling every person who ever came under the platform of God to humanity as thieves and robbers. with you. You don't have to agree with me. Agree with the Bible. Please do. Please agree with me is suicidal. Agree with me is senseless. Agree with me is under placing as a sacred cow or what I call hero worship. Please however agree with the Bible. Jesus is saying and I'll quickly explain this and I'll close. You see, it's not descriptive, it's metaphoric. Why would you say it's metaphoric, this man? It's metaphoric because uh, they actually have not been listed as burglars, they didn't rob Christ's house, they didn't steal anything from him, they didn't prolong him, they didn't cheat him out of anything, they didn't take his money on duty, they didn't. Uh, pick his pocket. So, it must be a metaphor. It's descriptive of something. And Jesus had said it in the context. I said, read the context. Don't get afraid or confused. How can Jesus call them thieves and robbers? Eh? If anybody hears this, they will say we are confused. How can you say? Now, I did not say they are thieves and robbers. Jesus said all. You see, eh, all means what? Ah. It looks to me as it means it looks as if this all means all no. It means all inclusive. Everyone included. Everything. Every person. Every individual. How would this 
pan out. Hey, he means they are useless people. That's what it means. They are all useless. They are all meaningless people. They are all less than zero percent at the decimal point. They are all insignificant. They are all tinier than dot. They are all smaller than mustard. Who said this? This is what Jesus said. If you don't agree with this, you will manipulate the Bible. Several pastors always try to manipulate God's word to make it suit. And one thing about lying is you will live to tell another lie. Do your best to be truthful. You will live your life in a guilty conscience. You will live your life in a hot roller coaster of telling more lies. You will live your life. Somebody will say, Don't talk instead of lying so that you don't have to tell another lie. Don't talk. Keep quiet. Why you Or you turn to fight. Ah, you are running away. Because the moment you say something, you need to say something else, say something else. After a while, you come back to the same square you are saying. The same lie. A lying tongue is born for a moment, but the lips of truth shall be established forever. If this is true, it is forever. Your lies will fade and go and disappear and die off and disintegrate. But the truth will remain. Jesus was saying, what was the meaning? Let me quickly explain this to you. He said, from verse 1, if you enter to the sheepfold through the door, you are great. But if you climb some other way, you are a thief and a robber. What exactly is the backdrop? What is the isogogical explanation? Some little history of this sheepfold and this yard. It was said that there were people in Bible days who had some large compound where shepherds could keep their sheep fold. It was so large with very few barriers of demarcation. All the shepherd needs to do is to bring forth his sheep fold, keep them at one place and then leave. Then the next day, he comes through the door and the moment his flock hear his voice, they will follow him. It was so strategic that they will never follow a stranger. Each shepherd will call his flock by name, speaking to them in a way they could understand. There are no, there are no, um, there's something like an animal language. There's nothing like animal language. Don't understand animal language. Sound, instincts, impulses, gestures are things animals use. Even ants have sounds and gestures to attract, to distract other animals. Snakes, the hiss, there are, are, are different particularities of sound and gestures. And there is a way a lion communicates with another lion. It's not a language. Don't say you understand the language and come and write it down. It is not a language. It's just a, a gesture. If you call it a language, you must know it's a gesture or a sign. Humans do not understand the language of animals except by gestures or sound. So there's a sound they, they get used to. So this person comes and he makes a sound. And they follow him. 
without any mixer. Historically, however, it said that thieves and robbers can only come and scatter the sheep. Thieves and robbers would never come through the door because the door is under guard. It's under security by the owner of the yard. So thieves and robbers must come through other ways. Outlets, windows, through broken roofs, broken fence and all that. And when the sheep see them, they scatter. Because the man can never make the sound like their owner. This is amazing. I've seen this happen before. I've seen the Fulani headsmen. I've seen them make sounds that got the attention of cows. I've seen it before. I've seen people make sounds to dogs. Even mention dogs' name or do something. I've had parrots. I've had them make sound that answer to a name and I was amazed. Just sound, sound, sounds. You say but sound is a language. Well, it's a different thing we are seeing now. So, a robber will climb some other way. Is a thief and a robber. He that enters by the actual door is the shepherd. The porter or the owner or the manager of the door opens and the sheep hear his voice. Then he calls them by name and leads them out. When he put up for his own sheep, he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. And a stranger will they not follow but will flee from him for they know not the voice of strangers. This is a parable. It's a story. It's describing something. Jesus spake unto them but they understood not what things the way which he spake of. Then said Jesus unto them, Verily I see unto you, I am the door. I am the access. I am the entrance. I am the way to humanity. I am the way to Israel. I am the way to the Gentiles. Later he said, there are some other sheep that he must bring, verse 16, that they shall hear his voice and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. He was talking about the fact that Jewish Gentiles bifurcation or divide will crash. I will bring some other sheepfold, they will join together. You see it in verse 16, verse 17. So Jesus said, I am the door. If I'm the door, and you attempt to access the sheepfold outside me, you are a thief and a robber. Every person, whoever came, did not come as me. You say, well, this, he, he sent them the professor in his name. Okay, okay. We are saying primarily, since the door, the door had just been revealed. Since the door is a new revelation, let's not look at the prophecies as it, it, it now we know the prophecies and what they mean. When the prophecies came, we didn't know what they meant. Nobody knew what they meant. 
Only that we saw there was something ahead of us. But now that the door is come, we now understand the prophecy. So let's assume we have never seen the door. If there was no door or access, every person who ever came would have come outside of the door. So, every person who ever came before Jesus, the door came, is a thief and a robber. All of them, including Abraham, Enoch, Isaiah, David, Solomon, all of them attempted to reach humanity outside of Christ. Outside of the Christ called revelation, you are a thief, you are a robber, you are a stranger, you are a scatterer. You are somebody with a different voice, not the voice of the Father. All that ever came before me. All. 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 You can't explain this verse outside knowing the Old Testament is invalid. If the Old Testament is valid, this verse is invalid. What you are trying to do will never work. What you are trying to do is you are putting new wine into an old wine skin. It will break. <laughs> what you are doing is this. You are taking a piece of new cloth. You are sewing to the old garment. It will rent. It will tear apart. What you are trying to do is this. You are trying to make the thieves and the robbers and the door correlate. You will not succeed in doing it. It's not a curse. What you are trying to do is this. You are trying to give Christ his place and all the robbers their place. It can never work. You can never ever be right calling the man of the house a robber and the robbers the man of the house. You can never be right taking hot for cold and cold for hot. Honest for unjust and just for honest. I mean just for dishonest. You can't. Don't try to be an uncle of God in this place. He said all that ever came. All of them. All. Jesus is the truth. Set the scriptures. In the scriptures you think you have life as an independent rule for moral justification. But they are the words that speak about me. It is possible you see the scriptures as a religious rule. Unless you see the Bible or the scriptures as a revelation of Christ, you can never understand the Bible. Never. All scriptures, all, must be seen as the message of Jesus. Not everything in the Bible has been inspired by God. Not everything in this compilation is ideal for learning. Not everything in the Bible is meaningful or useful for the believer. Some parts of the Bible are useless. Where did you get this one? I mean useless as in useless 
Who told you this lie? Well, I'm looking for the person that told me this lie. Find it. First. Second Timothy chapter number three. Second Timothy three. And verse 16. 2 Timothy 3 and verse 16. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. Inspiration of God. And is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. That the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. All scripture. It means every scripture, no, 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 all in a context, just like all of John 10 8 is all within that context. This is also all in that context. What is the all scripture here? No, the book of Job, you see, Songs of Solomon. What is the all scripture here? Verse 13 of 2 Timothy 3. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. Knowing of whom, that means of a person, knowing of Christ. Knowing of Christ. Have you seen? Evil men. Oh! 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 Verse 12. Ye, and all that will live godly in. Christ Jesus. Oh, Christ. All right. Verse 13. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse. I mean, verse 14. But continue dying the things which thou hast learned and have been assured of. Knowing of whom? Christ, 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 Christ. Thou hast learned them. Verse 15. And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. Trust that this salvation in Christ is what the man is saying has been inspired by God. All scriptures in the Bible that do not teach salvation by Christ are absolutely useless. So we don't say, if, why did God inspire it? Since it has nothing to do in any way with Christ. Useless. Because it's that teaches salvation through faith in Christ. Have you seen this in your Bible now? Stand to your feet. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Bless you.